Welcome to the Connected Mom Podcast, where we have real conversations helping you to connect more deeply with God, more empathically with your fellow moms, and more intentionally with your child. I'm Becky Harling, your host, and I have with me today my amazing co-host, who is, I got to tell you this about Sarah before we get any further. Sarah is my co-host, and she is the technological one out of the two of us, (laughs) so she can fix any technological problem that we're having, which I cannot do. So welcome, Sarah. Well, it's super good to be with you. And it's so fun to have two guests today, Becky. So let's chat about what we're going to talk about with them. I know. So we have two guests today, and we're going to talk about theology. Look at us, Sarah. We're being theologians in the midst of motherhood. Sarah is a mother. I don't know about that, but I'm I'm hoping that it comes down on me from the... The wisdom. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So I think a lot of times, Sarah, the word theology freaks people out and they're like, oh man, I don't know. I don't have, I don't know what to do with theology. I don't know if I have any theology. I don't know what it means. But our guest today wrote an amazing book together called Flash Theology. And I have looked through this book so many times and it's amazing. So let me introduce them. Jenny Randall has been on before with us. If you haven't listened to that podcast, it's a lot of fun because Jenny challenged both Sarah and I to make up a rap on the spot. Mine was awful. Sarah's was great. But anyway, Jenny Randall is an Emmy Award winning editor who went on a journey to discover what it really means to live on purpose from a career in the heart of Hollywood to a Bible teacher. That's quite a journey. She has written several (laughs) books. She and her husband, Matt, formed Freedom Creatives. She is the author of Courageous Creative, Getting to Know God's Voice, Dreams Come True, and now Flash Theology. She's getting her master's from Asbury Seminary. And then we have Braden Brookshire. Braden holds an MA in New Testament research and a BA in Biblical Studies from Horizon University, with both including an emphasis on biblical Greek exegesis. I remember taking Greek, Braden, in Bible college. His passion is to help people feel (laughs) the wonder and adventure of knowing God by taking people into an exploration of scripture. Braden is a professor at Horizon University, where he teaches Greek and various courses on the New Testament. He's also on staff at New Break Church in San Diego, California. He's married to Ariana and a father to his son, Cairo. He has a podcast called Adventures in Theology. Anyway, welcome, guys. We're excited to have you on. Welcome. <laughs> yeah. And Thanks so-, so much. You you make us sound really fancier than we actually are. So hello. <laughs> <laughs> you are fancy. And what's intriguing about the fact that you wrote this book together is that you're in-laws, right? You're each married to a sibling. Am I getting this correct? One of you correct me if I'm not getting it correct. (laughs) Yes. My husband, his sister married Brayden. Did I say that? Wait. It always. (laughs) Oh yeah. No, you're right. No. Yeah. You just said it right. I I think there was a better way you could have said it, but that works. That works. Yeah. Welcome Brayden to the show. Yeah. Somebody corrected us and they said, you're not, you're not in-laws yeah, so like now we have this question mark around how do we describe no, our relationship that's in-laws so that person yeah. needs to 
research. Yeah, yeah. that is in-laws, for That's sure. That's the very definition of in-laws. So. <laughs> yes. And sometimes in-laws okay, don't get along. I mean, right? You marry yep. into a family. Mm-hmm. In, in our family, so we have four adult kids. And the in-laws, we don't call them in-laws. Our kids all call them the Marians, you know? So the Marians <laughs> bring a whole new element to our family. And it's a lot of fun. Um, anyway, you wrote this book on theology. And like, how would you guys even describe what theology is? Because a lot of mamas right now are thinking, I'm trying to listen to this. What in the world even is theology? <laughs> Brayden, do you want to jump in? Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, theology is not actually that big of a word. I think, unfortunately, a lot of people think of this as something that's only for academics or pastors, but actually theology is simply the art of knowing God. And so technically, we're all invited on a journey to engage theology. And technically, I would say every single person engages theology without even knowing it. So even if you're not a Christian, I even talk to non-Christians who are engaging theology because they are making statements about God. A statement or belief about God is a theological statement. To say Jesus is Lord is a theological statement. To say that God loves you is a theological statement. And so I know we're talking to moms and I'm so happy about that because moms are engaging in theology every single day and they get some of the most important moments with their kids in providing a theological foundation. So I know we're going to have a conversation, but if I can just set the tone right now, I'm going to say this simply. Moms, after you're done hearing this conversation, you're going to know that you are a theologian providing some of the most important work in the kids' lives and setting a theological foundation. So here's to you. Boom. That was well done, Brayden. I think some of our mamas. Yeah. Now you know why we've partnered together, his pastoral heart, huh? Yeah, right? It was amazing. Okay. So tell us a little bit about like, why did you write this book? Like what prompted you to write a book on theology? You guys might laugh at me and maybe some of the listeners will understand, but I used to be, I got, I became a Christian at 18 and I used to just like open the Bible and where it landed, it landed. And the Lord was speaking to me and I didn't understand the context of why it was written. And then the next day I just open it and the Lord was speaking directly to me. And like, I just didn't have a method or a rhyme or a reason. And then as I matured, as we all do, I began to understand how to actually study the Bible and understand the context around it. And in the process of maturing, the Lord called me into writing and into speaking. And, you know, there's there's a weight to what we do as ministers, and I didn't feel equipped to do that alone. So I invited Brayden in to be my academic theologian on my books. So I would like just pay him measly pennies and be like, can you make sure I'm not making stuff up? And we just loved collaborating together. And in family functions, we would just hang out and talk theology. And my husband would be like, can you guys talk about something else? Like, can we... <laughs> Can we move this party along? So we always dreamed about collaborating on a project together. And you guys know from our last podcast, we were talking about creativity. My creative brain wanted to take these big truths and really figure out a way that we can walk people through what it looks like to know God, who he is, and have these foundational truths not only impact our relationship with God, but help us disciple others. And Brayden is so passionate about theology as well. So it was just, this project is the best of both of our brains. And we have had so much fun working together in this capacity. Wow. Brayden, you already kind of talked about this, but I'm really intrigued with what you said about, you know, moms, parents really being such an important theologian in their kid's life. So can you break that down? What What do you mean by that? I mean, I know that 
our big ideas about God matter, but how do you see that kind of infiltrating our family with theology? Yeah. I mean, uh, even if you're a very involved parent at your church, you get one hour on Sunday, maybe two, and then you may be on the midweek if you attend uh, one or two more hours. But if you think about it, how many more, it's over a hundred hours more of your week with your Mm -hmm. kids, uh, consciously being able to chance to engage them. And so us as parents, we have a really important role. And I think often there's been this shift where, uh, we expect, okay, those who work at a church get time with my kids and they get a chance to give them a theological foundation because that's too big for me. And I, I think there's a mm-hmm. sense where we need both uh, to put more of the magnitude of what we do at home uh, back into our own ownership, but we also need to lighten our heart on this too. And so let me like talk briefly about both those. Because since you have the most time with your kids, you have the most chance to shape their brain uh, on how we think about God. And that's so important. But let me just say that we can have fun with it, that we can also do it in ways that even if you don't know the answers, that's okay. Like my challenge to parents is this, share as you go and share as you grow, because you're going to have opportunities everywhere you're going to like share about Jesus, but you're also going to be able to share as you grow. So my challenge is like to be able to be like, hey, I'm still learning and to be learning. And if, if you've become stagnant in your learning journey, then this is your wake up call. This is a chance to be like, you know what? I do want to learn more because I have an important role with my kids. I'm not mm. going to leave it up to someone else to shape them. Yeah, people are going to come alongside and I hope your church is doing a great job with that too, but you have the most time. And so mm-hmm. this is just providing more dignity to that. And so I think Flash Theology provides you a creative, fun, engaging resource to be able to give you some ideas of some truths to nurture you, but maybe also to translate to your kids as well. Yeah, I love that so much, Brayden. I'm, I'm thinking back. So my husband and I um, raised four kids. We now have 14 mm. grandkids. And so wow. I know it is a wow. It was like a grandkid explosion. <laughs> and it's been amazing. <laughs> anyway, uh, we had three of them over a couple of weeks ago for spaghetti dinner with Papa because my husband loves spaghetti and brownies. So that's what we were serving. And so we had these little boys around the table. Two of them are in first grade and one is in sixth grade. So we had this big conversation about prayer, you know, and the seven-year-olds were saying, well, my mom prays when she tucks me into bed at night. Um, She prays before meals. You know, they were listing all these times. And Steve and I were sitting quietly and our older grandson, who's 12, interrupted them and said, guys, your moms pray a whole lot more than that. They're just praying in their hearts and you don't hear it, you know, but I thought it opened up such a great theological discussion on prayer and it it wasn't a formal sit down, guys, we're going to teach you about prayer. It was around spaghetti and brownies and laughter and fun. And, And so I love the vision of your book. And as I look through it, I love how you have central truth standing out that a mom can look through this book and think, oh, I okay, I got to make sure my kid knows this. You know, God wants a relationship with you because he loves you. And sometimes it's just a simple beginning to a conversation such as that. So, how does our theolo- how does theology make scripture more accessible? How does your book make scripture more accessible to readers? So for me, when I was telling you how I used to read the Bible, the Bible was all about me and I was very self-focused in the reflection of it. 
which we can relate the Bible to ourselves, but that's secondary, right? Like we right. need to know this bigger picture of who God is. And what we like to communicate through our work is that this meta narrative of the Bible, which is Jesus is woven throughout the Old Testament to the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Um, so we always are talking about how it, it's the greatest love story ever told. And this there's this rescue plan unfolding. And even that, even teaching our kids that is such a theological statement, right? Like, yes. we're, we're, what are we being rescued from? What are we being rescued for? And then when, the, when they encounter brokenness in the world, as they will through themselves or through classmates around them or circumstances, we get to point them to Jesus. So our book really tried to do that. And we also teach about the triune God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And we really tried to communicate through scripture uh, how they interact even through salvation and and what person of the Trinity is um, Father God, like just kind of taking this larger conversation and really making it accessible. And every chapter starts off with an annotated Bible verse. So we were inadvertently like teaching you how to study the Bible without saying, this is how you'll study scripture. So mm-hmm. there's just a lot of moving pieces to it that we we are, pray and hope are really discipling the reader to practice spiritual disciplines on their own and to have those hard conversations with the kids so they can feel comfortable pointing their kids to Jesus uh, and have the knowledge to do that as well. Yeah. And the mm-hmm. graphics in the book are phenomenal. I love, I mean, was that your creative idea or was it Cook's? I mean, whoever set this book up was completely brilliant with the graphics because it's so easy. It makes everything easy, you know? So I love yeah, it. We both we both dreamed into it and they were like, we'll give you all the colors, we'll design it. So they took it next level. And we originally, Brayden, I was laughing about this the other day because when we originally were planning it, we wanted one theological truth on on one page. Each was going to be a page. But as as we were writing, we were like, we can't, we can't just do a page for each because oh, yeah. every concept, there's such depth to it. Um, so as you'll see, if you have the resource, it ex- it expanded since that thought. But yeah, the graph graphically driven was always our desire in this project because it too impacts those visual learners. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean that was the, what we had to wrestle with is like you know to make truths accessible, but also not overly sim- like you can simplify to a fault as well. Yeah, that can happen. Mm-hmm. You know, that's and so true. that's why the length of the chapters are between three to five pages. Which again, mm-hmm. even with lots of visuals and graphics, they're not that long to read when you actually look at word count. But that that was the key for us is realizing, okay, there's no way we're going to be able to communicate this in one page. So it takes a few more than that. So part of the fun though, right? <laughs> Making it accessible, but not <laughs> compromising the depth of like what we're trying to talk about. Yeah, I love it. And it, it's so well set up. I mean, they have these different um, chapters. God is just, God is peace, God mm-hmm. listens. I mean, these are all concepts that really, no matter how old your child is, you can begin the conversation. Now, some of them, it might be a conversation you carry on much later when they're more mature and can really understand that. Yeah. But but these are concepts that I feel like a lot of kids can understand if you help them, right? Yeah, no, totally. I mean, th- this book is written to adults, uh, make no mistake, but that would be our hope is that these are providing truths that, again, we work in us and so we can work it out as well through conversations. Like you said, a lot of these conversations are happening around the dinner table, but so did Jesus's ministry. Ooh, so <laughs> that was good. 
Okay, so I have to go backwards for just a second because when I think of flash, I think of a flash mob, Jenny. So I'm kind of like expecting you guys to like be doing this dance or something. But but what we are? Are you ready for our performance? Could you do that next? Uh, Let's you know hit it. Um, But I am curious. I mean, my husband went to seminary, a theological seminary. That big word, and we have like volumes of books. So tell us a little bit why. What's behind the word flash theology? Like. Becky's described some of it, but if you could give us a little bit more intel on that title. Yeah. So originally it was going to be flash, like quick and like get it in your soul. And here are some quick things about God. But as we, like I said, started writing and we would have these long meetings about different chapters and we just so enjoyed, you know, when you talk to a friend and you start asking harder questions and then that produces greater thought and then it produces harder questions. Like those were our conversations and we're like, okay, this isn't flash as in fast, but this is flash as in deep. And the hope it, the hope is that it produces this bright light where we're able to shine mm. forth. So if you look up mm. the definition of flash, we just said this is a burst of bright light as you study God. Mm. So that's really our hope. Not only are we knowing who God is, but it's transforming us to look like him to the world around us and within our family structure as well. Mm, I love that. That's awesome. One more follow-up question. So Becky had pulled out one of the big topics you guys talk about is being fully known by God, among many other things. But we thought we'd maybe drill down on that for a second. Um, How does that relate to parents, maybe even being a comfort to parents, the being fully known by God? You know, it, we're so busy, right? Like juggling all the mm-hmm. things, tackling all the to-do lists. Um, I feel like we're just constantly spinning all these plates, trying not to drop anything. Um, and then when they do, it's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> nervous mm-hmm. breakdown. Maybe just me. But there's a lot of things uh, we have to manage and and be in charge of. And to know that God knows us to the core of who we are, what we're struggling with, what we're thinking about, what we're working on, what, what our hope is for our children, what our desire is in parenting. Like he's, he's, gosh, he's so good and he's so faithful and he tends to us in ways we can't manipulate or create on our own. And I just think being fully known by God is this beautiful thing to really embrace because life is hard, right? And when when circumstance is struggling, we know that there's a God who loves us regardless. When we feel like we're the greatest mom or dad in the world, we know there's a God who will take us down a notch and <laughs> right and help us um, re- remind us to look towards him for our strength, not ourselves. So being known fully by God, gosh, what a thing to help our kids see, because this is where identity comes from, Mm, right? mm -hmm. And they're not going to be chasing things of this world, but they're going to be looking towards God to shape their identity. And if we can fully embrace that thought, yet I don't know if our brains fully can because we're human, but if we can remember that and remind our children of that, we are truly loved by a God who sees everything within Mm. us. And it's just, it's remarkable to think about. Brandon, do you have anything you want to expand on in that? I think that, again, part of the reason why some people treat theology as like some inaccessible, dirty word is because they they don't see how it's practical or whatever. But I, I think theology is inherently practical. And so when people think it's not practical, that's like a category error. And so the thing is, these are big truths about God, but 
all these truths about God always touch the ground in our, our daily life and even the dirt of our life. And so mm. I, I can't think of a single chapter that doesn't have some like relevance of like how that shapes a mindset of how I go throughout my day. Like, you know, like when we think about the fact of that, how God listens to us, like mm. that's really important as you're really frustrated and you go throughout your day and you're praying honestly and candidly to God, you know, you're listening to a God who hears, which is easy to take for granted, but at least in the ancient world was not the case. The gods might not have been listening to you. Mm -hmm. They could have actually been very well busy or something else. And so like, these are truths that like need to be internalized because this does affect how we do live and relate not only to God, but then how we like handle even like our mental health. And so I think that theology Mm -hmm. is one of the most important things when it comes to the even bigger discussion of things like mental health. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, it's interesting because my son is raising two little boys. One is 10 and one is seven. And the 10-year-old was struggling with quite a bit of anxiety, you know. And so my Mm -hmm. son, one of his favorite Psalms is Psalm 139, you know, which of course talks about how God knows us, how he's known us from the womb, how he hems us in behind and before and will never leave us, you know. And so my son, JJ, he rewrote that Psalm for his son, you know? And so as parents, as we internalize these truths, hey, God completely knows me and yet he completely loves me. I never have to hide from God. You know, then that spills out to our kids and they begin to see God as a safe place to pour out their hearts before the Lord. You know, they don't have to be ashamed when they're afraid or when they're anxious. You know, they can go back to those truths that they've learned about God. And and so I, I just love that you guys focus on that in your book, you know, and the God who listens, like as we were talking, you know, our kids need to know, hey, if you're in school, if you're on the playground, if you're playing soccer, if you're playing football, if you're performing in some art thing, and you need to talk to God, he's always there listening, always, you know, and so you mm-hmm. can talk to him anywhere. And as we internalize those truths, as parents, I think it becomes easier then to share them with our kids. So Jenny, um, switching topics for just a second here. You are a former Hollywood Emmy award winning (laughs) editor. First of all, what did you edit? Uh, Lots of stuff, but for that, it was a PBS television show about science. Oh, look at you. You're a creative scientist. Um, so <laughs> how <laughs> I wouldn't take it that far, Becky. And an amazing oh, editor. <laughs> it was just a thought. <laughs> but okay, so how has that affected, you know, how has your former life and what you experienced in Hollywood, how has that impacted or informed your motherhood journey? Yeah, well, my wheels are always spinning in in the vein of creativity. Like I'm always thinking like how how can we communicate or how can we, because I'm not a math person. I'm just going to say I count on my fingers like mm-hmm. that. I cannot do fourth grade math. Don't mm-hmm. even sign me up. Right. So when you said you're a scientist, I'm like, well, um, <laughs> but I'm always thinking of creative expression. Like how can we take this a step further? And also whenever I teach stuff, I'm always thinking, how can this not only be taught, but how can it be applied to the life of the person like walking through it? So my background in Hollywood and all the creative ventures have um, really toughened me up to take creative risks in ways that I 
it really just catapulted me into all these different creative avenues. And when I became a mom, um, I began to see the creativity in my own kids, which we talked about on right. the last episode I was on alongside you guys. So in in the realm of theology and creativity, I think like Brayden touched on briefly, it can get kind of it can feel kind of stuffy or even scary mm-hmm. to think, oh, I'm a theologian or my children, my, our children are theologians. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you study the biblical God, you are studying God himself. You are a theologian. So what are the creative ways as a mom I can communicate that to my kids? So it's a lot of times it's in the car. We'll listen to a worship song and mm-hmm. I'll be, I'll pause it and I'll be like, so what do you think? What do you think we're singing about, about God? Like that's yeah. such an easy question. Like what are we learning about God in this moment? And they'll get, and their opinions are, are different. And I love it because it just brings us into this holy moment of reflecting on who God is or after kids church, I'll pick them up and I'll be like, so who, what did you learn about God? What character trait, like what's one word you can summarize what you learned about God. And it's just fascinating how their brains work. I have an 11 and a nine year old. Brayden has a toddler. He's in the toddler stage, right? He's two. Yeah. yeah. So it's fun just to see the different ways that God has us parenting um, and, and pulling these truths out of them and instilling it in them as well. And it's been really fun. And it's not always formal, like Brayden touched on. It's not always this formal, like, let's sit around and study our Bible for 20 hours. Yeah. It's just really organic of being a parent, too, to what the Holy Spirit is, um, how he's moving and transforming not only our family, but the life of our kids and also seeing the potential that they have and the giftings that they're walking in. And then obviously equating that to the power of God moving Mm. and ministering in their lives. Yeah. No one's going to be able to speak better to your kids than you. And so, because you can translate, you know, their language, you know, like them better. And so like, that's why I can speak to Cairo, Mm. my son, better than some stranger can and and vice versa with all these things. Since that's why it's important for us to take ownership on having these conversations. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you, Brayden, um, so you've got this two-year-old. How have you, because we have a lot of mamas probably that are listening that have toddlers. So how have you begun to have conversations with your two-year-old about God? I mean- No, it's fant- Yeah. Fantastic question. Yeah. So first of all, uh, context. I, I have, this is actually a few years ago now, but um, I had someone at our church who asked they had about uh, a girl who's about to turn three and they're like, okay, so when can we start talking to her about Jesus? And uh-huh. it's like, oh, uh, three years ago. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 honestly though, because some people yep. they think, here's the thing, we underestimate our kids yes. so easily. First of all, they're yeah. learning so much. I mean, if you think about even the toddler stage, so for you moms out there who have like a one, two year old, three year old, think about how much they already learn every day, like fire truck, trash truck, like all the words, the bubbles, but like, they even think conceptually too. And so I'm not saying that Cairo is walking around like with theology on his brain, but I am saying that it's amazing how much he can retain. So setting habits and rhythms are the key. And so for example, Mm. the little things like praying at the dinner table. Now, if we don't pray first thing, Cairo holds out, you can't see this on video, but Cairo holds out his hands (laughs) and folds them together and looks at us and goes, "Uh, uh," like, cause he wants us to pray. He knows, and he likes prayer. There's certain blessings we say over him every night. Uh, and things like that. And then throughout the day, I try to find any opportunity just to start putting things in his brain. So as we talk about, wow, Cairo, look at these beautiful colors. This teaches us so much about God. He loves beauty. He is so creative. Mm. Look at that. He created you and you are way more beautiful than these flowers. Like, like it's, it's so 
organic to use that Mm. word again, like, and you're going to do it in your own personality in your own way, in a way that connects with your kid. But the point is just to try, like, what's the worst that happens? Mm. You say something about God that like, in terms of didn't land with your kid. Okay, that's fine. Keep (laughs) trying. But the problem is when we actually don't try. Yeah. I agree with you. It needs to be a natural conversation that's kind of continual rather than, you know, at the time that I grew up, my parents were all about family devotions, which, I mean, I kind of have to say it was a bust uh, because we were four kids who didn't want to listen and got in trouble every night, you know? (laughs) And I, I think, so when Steve and I were raising our kids, we tried to do it different. We tried to just do it natural conversations along the way, you know, and we did use rhythms, you know, but we made it a little lighter, you know, not like shoving it down their throats, but just inviting them into conversations about Jesus and letting them know that Jesus loved them. And I love your comment about kids being able to understand far more than we give them credit for. You know, as as a kid, I was three years old when I accepted Jesus into my life. And I remember it like it was yesterday. And I know for sure that that's when my relationship with Jesus started. And so kids are far more receptive. You know, I always like to go back to Jesus said that if you're going to have faith, you got to become like a child. And I think sometimes as parents, we make it more complicated than it really is. Whereas kids can believe in Jesus very easily and it's just simple faith to them, which is such a beautiful thing, you know? And so I, we're almost out of time, but like, I, I love this book so much, guys. I, I'm so excited about it. And moms, you need to get this book because if you're wondering like, how do I start the journey on discipling my child? The book is written for you, but you can take those concepts and start thinking about how can I, how can I bring this in to family dinners or into playtime or whatever to begin the conversations mm-hmm. with your kids? So make sure you order a copy of Flash Theology because it is seriously fantastic. And I don't say that lightly. Hey, Jenny, as we close out and um, before I ask you to do that. Sarah, we'll make sure that both of their contact is in the show notes, correct? So that our listeners can get in touch with them uh, because they'll want to follow you on social media, you know, and all the things. But Jenny, would you just close us out in prayer and just pray for the moms? I mean, I think we've given them a lot to think about and maybe some of them are like, whoa, I don't know what to do with all this. (laughs) But for others, they're ready to take a step. And that's cool. So would you pray for them, please? I would love to. Father God, I just lift up every woman under the sound of my voice. And we can include Brayden in this as well, Mm. God. (laughs) I just lift up every person listening right now. And I just pray that you become even more real to us, Lord, that this conversation wasn't overwhelming, but that it was equipping. Mm. God, I pray in the way we manage our homes and, and those around us, Sometimes we feel this need to micromanage, but I pray that we give our kids not only an equipping of who you are, but ownership to lean into who you are even greater. God, I thank you for instilling in us um, morals and values and helping us know who you are. Lord, I pray for 
those who struggle with some aspects of who you are, like God is father. I pray for the woman that might not really fully understand that. I pray for an awakening toward that truth. God, I pray for those who don't understand you as savior. Lord, I pray that you become real uh, in the rescuing of their life and, and, and within their story. God, I pray that we partner with you in these truths as we walk out being a theologian and we bring that to our homes to our kids and we teach them about the very truth of who god is so that they can take ownership over their relationship with god so that they can know that god loves them god rescued them god redeemed them god set them on a path to be like him to the world around them so i just pray for over every woman that she feels this the stabilizing truth come upon her that God is both comforter, equipper. He is a challenger of good things. And I pray that we look more and more like him every day. Mm. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks, guys. And thank you, listeners, for joining us today for this episode of the Connected Mom podcast. And hey, we want you to join us again next week for another episode where we're going to have another conversation helping you to connect more deeply with God, more empathically with your fellow moms, and more intentionally with your child. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, all you moms out there, this is Becky Harling, and I love creating resources to help you connect more empathically with your child. One of those resources is a book that I wrote called How to Listen So Your Kids Will Talk. One of the greatest skills you can cultivate, really enhance that connection with your child is the skill of listening. So how well do you really listen? This book is loaded with practical ideas to get your kids talking and to help you as you listen. You can buy it wherever Christian books are sold. You can order it on Amazon or anywhere else. So I hope you'll get a copy of the book and put the work into listening to your child.